Hello and welcome to the TBG Real Estate Podcast, where we connect you with some of the most innovative and exciting real estate leaders today. We will show you that there are numerous paths to a successful career in the real estate industry, and that some of your greatest missteps can be turned into your greatest triumphs. Without further ado, here's the head of TBG Real Estate, Chris Papa. All right, folks, welcome to this edition of the TBG Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Papa, or Chris Papa, as most people call me, uh, Senior Managing Director with TBG Real Estate. And today, I, we have our lovely co-host, Mickey Penzer. How are you, Mickey? Hi, Chris. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. So I'm in San Mateo, California. Mickey's in New York. And today... We have two guests, an extra special podcast. We have Mark Kelk Wharf. He's the CEO of At Atypical, and he is from, he's in Cape Town, South Africa. How you doing there, Mark? Yeah, good, Chris. Thanks for having me. And then we have Sarah Malcolm, who is in Montclair, New Jersey with Justin Bieber, hanging out. Rep- how you doing, Sarah? Representing. Good. How are you? Can I just call you Papa? No. <laughs> Everyone else does, except for my son. Actually, I mean, which it's, is weird. It's, <laughs> it's the coolest last name ever. I know. I can only imagine. Last name. Yeah. My 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 world changed. It used to be, you know, everyone. I'm 42, so it used to be referred to, or people thought of Papa Smurf and Papa Bear. And then when oh. pa- Biggie Papa, Biggie Smalls came out, that well, you were the everything. man, my, right? My my world changed up, turned upside down. Yeah. I mean, so. you must have been the coolest kid ever in school, right? I was. I to start. <laughs> I always wanted to own own Airbnbs, and I might just have them different theme Papa themes. Every I Airbnb, think it's a good idea. So. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. So, why do we have two guests today? What's what's going on? So, Sarah, I thought you were the the president of the Content Funnel. You were with Mark. Yes who's another agency, right? Does similar things to you guys and what's going on here? Yeah. So last year in 2018, Mark came to us and said, Hey, I want to launch a a full service marketing agency. And I've known Mark forever. Um, Just in the industry, he's known pretty well for all of his amazing marketing campaigns that he put together specifically with open box. He put this amazing um, campaign the coffee shirt, and then he did Who is Rob Spark. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it's something that, that I had never seen anyone in our ind- industry do before. And so that's really how I learned who Mark was and always was really impressive. And so he came to us and he's like, you know, I'm thinking of starting this marketing agency. And we immediately were like, how, you know, how can we help? What can we do together? So we together launched Atypical and they were a strategic partner of ours and you know they really focus on all things marketing and we focus mm-hmm. on the content marketing aspect so it was great for our clients because you know while we're doing their social and their blogging and all things content we're able to offer them you know marketing above and beyond what they were doing so they were just really atypical is a perfect complement to us and vice versa so long story short not that far after us coming together I said, you know, Mark and I were talking. We said, we should really, we should really merge. We should really be one company. And mm. not only, you know, was it great for our clients, but it was great for us. I love the atypical team. 
Mark loves me, right, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so we um were super excited to announce that we are merging together, and the content funnel will be uh, will be uh, atypical, and Mark and I will be the co-presidents of atypical. So wow, that announcement is coming out really as we speak, which is exciting. Congratulations. Thanks. Oh, thanks. So who's the real yeah. boss? Not not me. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> My plan is just to find more smart people and just kind of surround myself and just let them do their thing and uh, hopefully some of it washes off on me as I go. Yeah, well, he's awesome. he's selling himself he's selling himself short for sure. But um <laughs> that's 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 my motto. Right. Like I, I, the one thing that I've always known is I'm not the smartest person in the room. And um, it's great because, you know, we we really all compliment each other where we fall short. So which is awesome. And um, so you're, you're going to be doing all, all sorts of marketing now, not just content. Because I know I know everything. you said this is my first time meeting, meeting Mark. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to do it all. And uh, Mark, do you kind of want to go through like what the full yeah. servicing will look like? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, like Sarah said, we, we are a full service agency. So we do cover everything from the sort of conceptualization and strategy and, and working with companies to really sort of understand what their roadmap looks like. You know, we, we always try and underpin our strategic and sort of conceptualization work that we're doing with a business objective. So I think, you know, we, we've, we've spent a lot of time in the real estate industry. We understand what the sort of business drivers behind a lot of the marketing efforts are. And we always try and pin our efforts back to that. So I think we, we're always sort of wearing that business hat while we're designing these marketing sort of campaigns and strategies. So the strategic side is obviously a big area for us. The second area is delivery, and that that really comes in different flavors depending on what our clients' requirements are. So some of our clients have an existing marketing team, and they just use us to augment their existing services. And that might be with a specific skill set that they don't necessarily have in-house or with just more hands on deck. And then other clients of ours don't want to build up an internal marketing team and they actually outsource the entire function to us. So we put a a blended team of different skill sets together and we handle all of their marketing activities, obviously still working extremely closely with their uh, sort of sales and business development teams in-house, but they outsource the entire function to us. Um, So everything from graphic design, creative writing, paid media, social media, campaigns, uh, is is kind of what we handle. Yeah. Well, what type of real estate companies are you, you guys target, or are your clients? We are exclusively in real estate, so we don't we don't work with any other clients outside of the real estate space. We we have two kinds of clients within the real estate industry. So we have the the sort of the owners, the operators, the developers, um, and then we have the the sort of service providers, the technology, typically the technology service providers to the real estate industry. So that's kind of, you know, we work on both sides of the fence there. But on the on the real estate side, we don't limit ourselves to one specific uh, sort of vertical. It's across the board. A lot of our clients are in the sort of commercial space, uh, but we, we, we haven't limited our space ourselves to one sort of vertical. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. The reason we've chosen to kind of stick to that niche and, and only stay in real estate is that 
we really believe that we can bring a lot more to the party than just you know executing on the brief. We, we, we actually get involved in the conversation before it becomes a brief. And I think that's where we add a lot of the value is us drawing from our experience, understanding what the business drivers are, like I said earlier, behind the marketing sort of decisions and being able to weigh in in that conversation before it gets to that point of, of being a brief. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's an important sort of value proposition that we bring. Yeah, we're really excited because there's so much opportunity specifically in real estate. Um, you know, it's something that I've seen over the years that marketers have really been struggling to find that creative and, you know, the ability to kind of stand out from what everybody else is doing. And that's why I thought it was such a great opportunity for for a typical uh, Mark and I to come together and create you know, kind of this super agency so we can help, you know, these marketing people with their, these pain points of, you know, how do I, how do I be different? How do I stand out from the crowd? How do I, you know, gain market share? How do I really accomplish my goals and objectives in a a more creative out of the box uh, strategy as well as execution? Uh So I'm excited if you can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. What what is it about real estate? I mean, besides, is it just because there's a, you know, how did you guys both get into the real estate field? There's a lot of things in the market, right? There is. I mean, I personally, I love the industry. So I started in retail. Um, I worked for Saks Avenue. I was over 20 stores. And then um, I was over uh, region at Macy's. And then I knew the CEO at ICSC, International Council of Shopping Centers. And I was just chatting with him and he said, why don't you come over and join us? And that was in 2010 at that point. And I met every single like marketing person in the industry that, I mean, in the six years that I was there and what was great working with association, which I had no big plans ever in my life. to be like, I'm going to go work for an association. Um, it just, <laughs> you know, kind of all, all happened that way. And, and the relationships that I was able to build and, really develop genuine friendships. I mean, these people are my friends. And that's something that's really important to me as a person is I feel like, you know, that I'm truly helping people that I care about and industry that I care about. And so that's why I feel super passionate about this industry. My mom was president of Regency Centers. My sister's a partner at Merlone Geyer. My brother-in-law um, works in acquisitions at Regency Centers. Like, it's just, it's really a family business. So oh, it's wow, something yeah. that it's not when we're at, we're at Christmas together, we all are talking about the industry. So it's just something that's just in the blood for me. How about you, Mark? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I come from a more tech background. So uh, life for me kind of started on the software development side of things. Um, the, the company that I was with for seven years before starting Atypical was a software development company in the real estate space. So they work with, uh, all of the big commercial real estate organizations in the U.S. developing their software, uh, custom software development. So I ran the marketing for that company for seven years and uh, obviously sort of developed an extensive network and got a good idea of the, the, the conferences and, uh, you know, uh, built up my network with my time there. And then, you know, so I evolved from a, sort of tech 
background into a, a more sort of business development and then finally marketing over my career. So it hasn't always been real estate um, and it hasn't always been marketing. But I think that that background certainly gives me a good understanding. I think that the technology side of things and the business side of things gives me a good, uh, very good context going into building marketing solutions because uh, I understand the sort of technology behind the solutions and the, the, the marketing platforms that we're using and know the capabilities and, and how far you can push it and what you can do with it and how you can maybe stretch it outside of what people are currently using it for. But then I've also got the sort of business background to actually understand. I mean, I keep saying it, but the sort of business drivers behind why are we doing this? You know, we're not just designing a campaign so that we've got cool things to look at. It has to actually generate leads. It has to, you know, you, you need to lease space. You need to generate leads. You need to fill vacancies. So you need to make sure that all of your efforts are actually helping you achieve those business goals. So. I think the combination of all of that experience has kind of led me to where I am now. And the clients are so happy. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. They, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we're focused on making sure that they get results. You know, it's, there's a strong ROI, mm-hmm. which is something that, something that they're held accountable to. So, Are these clients going to be, I mean, Mark, you're in South Africa. Are you, are you guys global now? I mean, you got global clients or is it? specifically the U.S.? We do offer services globally, but our focus is U.S. But there are companies that are trying to break into the U.S. market. But yeah, the majority of our clients are U.S.-based. Yeah. So the delivery team the delivery team is all here in Cape Town, Chris. So oh, we, okay. yeah, so the delivery team is, is here in Cape Town, but the client base is all U.S. So we're able to, uh, you know, offer a our services at a, a more sort of competitive price point to what you might be able to get in the local market. So that's the reason for kind of building out the delivery team here in Cape Town. Yeah. And we've you got, lot and we've got cool yeah. accents. So yeah, cool <laughs> accents. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love it. <laughs> I like the Jersey accent though too. That's good. Yeah. Although some <laughs> people think they're it. Australian, uh, like, you know, I know. It's an accent for us, for us Americans. <laughs> Give me an example of something like, a, what, what's a client that like comes to you and says, I want this done. And then what do you like, say, uh, I have a building I want to lease out. Is that an example of a client that would come to you? Yeah, so that's, that is. So we're, we're either doing sort of specific projects. So a client might come to us and say, we've got these vacancies across these properties and we need help designing assets, digital assets that we can run across different social media or paid media platforms uh, and to get the right audience to see the, the sort of message and then click on it and hopefully lease the space. So with a project like that, the best case scenario for us is to kind of get involved right at the beginning. So we might take, uh, we might be working with research data that's given to us and we'll take that research data and we'll work with that data and conceptualize artwork and uh, campaign assets based on that research data. We'll then advise our clients on the best platform to use for that specific audience. So, you know, there's, there's obviously depending on the the way that you've packaged up the brand assets or the you know the campaign assets you'll use one or more of the social platforms that are out there 
we'll then design the whole campaign, we'll execute the campaign, and then we'll do all of the reporting and the analytics at the end of it. So we, we do kind of, our best case scenario is handling everything from conceptualization based on data all the way through to execution and reporting. Gotcha. How do you collect that data? I mean, what is there, are there certain technologies out there now that, that help you? Yeah, I think I think our experience obviously weighs in quite a lot there. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we leverage our experience and, uh, you know, the, the team here at Atypical to, to really bring in that that side of things but uh, you know the technology at the moment you know if you if you're building an audience on Facebook or LinkedIn the technology allows you to really get very targeted with the people that you're putting your message in front of if you know who that target audience is so if you know the you know the, the profile and the persona of the person that you're trying to get your message in front of the technology is there to allow you to do it you just need to if you've spent the time and you've invested the time to actually understand who that persona is, you know, the technology is there. But I think that's where a lot of campaigns fall short is they kind of rush into the delivery side of things and, and creating the artwork without doing the work up front to actually understand, you know, what is the story we're trying to tell? How does this story resonate with our target audience? Uh, what are what are the things that the audience is actually going to identify with? How can we translate that into a visual that stands out, um, that is going to deliver the message that people are going to click on? So there's a lot of there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you actually put pen to paper and actually start designing artwork. And I think that's that's what we really enjoy as well is working with clients who appreciate that effort. Uh, and get that there is a bit of science behind designing these things, um, and and uh, and I think also working with clients who are excited about <clears throat> exploring the new technologies and and sort of finding new ways to sort of push the envelope. Um, things like, for example, Facebook Messenger um, and chatbots. So I think personally, there's a huge opportunity to to open up, you know conversation and, and use that platform to share information, start conversations, generate leads. And I think we've, we've just scratched the surface in terms of what's possible. And the clients that we're working with at the moment are excited about exploring those opportunities and those possibilities with us. So we, we don't have it all figured out, but part of the fun is working with clients who want to take those risks, who want to explore those new, and then obviously benefit from the rewards of that. By, by being the first people to kind of test those new technologies and test those new strategies, and uh, you know that's a lot of the fun for us as well. Yeah, and that's what, that's what we've seen. We've seen this hunger from the industry, and they really want to try new things, like you know, to to fill vacancies or you know whatever whatever their objective is. And it's it's exciting to see that you know because I think commercial real estate's not known for its innovation compared to other industries. And um, it's really refreshing to see a lot of these folks in the industry ready to kind of take that leap and just go for it. And then obviously, it's great because there's a super strong strategy behind it um, from our end. Well, I mean, I think that's great to hear that people are willing to take to take these risks. I mean, you still see that quintessential Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn photo whenever someone closes a loan or a deal that like looks basically identical. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. So it's, it's yeah. kind of really interesting. Yeah. 
some of the new stuff. Um, is there a part of the industry that you think is more more innovative or more accepting of those things, whether it be you know retail developers, brokers, or um, is it kind of across the board? Yeah, I mean, from what I see, I think obviously, I think retail specifically, since since retailers are more, you know, known for the innovation and um, kind of staying ahead of the curve, I think the owners and developers, owners and developers in retail, want to make sure they're, you know, supporting their end of end of the deal in making sure that they're innovative as well. So, but I definitely see across the board in all areas of real estate, even commercial real estate, that they're looking wow. for innovation and they're looking for like, well, how do I do that? You know, and, and what can I do? So I, I do believe that, you know, there's some firms that are, are slower than others, but across the board in the industry, there's definitely some, um, some folks that are looking for more of the uh, bleeding edge, um, cutting edge uh, marketing and um, innovation solutions. Good question. Bleeding edge. I like that. Yeah, bleeding edge is, is the stuff that nobody's really done before. And, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. It just depends on on um, the situation and what you're trying to do. So, but I'm a huge fan of bleeding edge because it's fun, you know? It's nice kind of being the first to to do something and try something. Yeah, well, tell me, I mean, what is there something that uh, that you've done that you, you know, what's your kind of coolest moment in marketing that you've innovative, innovative moment? I mean, I mean, I oh. have a good story. So I was, uh, I was at, I was at ICSE at the time, and we wanted to implement uh, beacons at at Recon the event. And at that time, one percent of the world was using beacons, and so the technology What's a wasn't even. A beacon is a device that sends information to your phone. Okay. So it's like a location. So like when you walk by it, it like pings your phone and lets you know that that you're near that beacon. And there's lots of like opportunity what you can do. So what we were doing is when people would walk by, like if they were at Starbucks, right? And mm -hmm. we just, you know, we knew they were waiting in line because they weren't moving and they were near the beacon. We'd say, you know, we'd deliver them a great piece of content about the event or the industry. Sponsors, when, you know, they'd walk by a booth, they'd get a push on through the oh, okay. um, ICS mobile apps. It was actually really, really cool. But it was so risky because very few companies were offering it. I mean, the beacons were new. It was 100% bleeding edge. And while it sounds fun, it's just the, and, and it was very effective. I think we got like 40% engagement, which is like crazy. And um, it was also scary because a lot of the kinks were not worked out. So the day before, yeah. the day before Recon opened, the code from the Beacon software crashed the app the day before oh, 25,000 people were going to be there. And I mean, that's the risk that happens when you're, when you're just doing something that nobody's, because you can't look to somebody and be like, hey, can you share your best practices? There are no best practices. You are creating the best <laughs> practices. And so we, um, 
we, you know, got with a developer, we got it fixed within a few hours. The problem is you have to resubmit your app to the app store and get it approved. So, you know, even though it's fixed, Apple still has to come through, which you have no control over. And so we were sending notes to them, offering them kidneys, livers, whatever they needed to get the app approved. And finally yeah. they did like like at like three AM the morning of recon. And everything worked great. So um but it was absolutely nerve wracking. But again, it was a huge success. Tons of engagement. We got major kudos from the industry of those who kind of understood what we were doing, which was a great look as far as being innovative um, at ICSC. So, yeah, it was cool. So, Mark, what's your story? Sweet. Yeah, Mark. Mark's got a funny one. Mine is also conference-related, but uh, I think after six or seven years of attending conferences, real estate conferences, and seeing, like, literally the same booth designs and the same pull-up banners and the same material every year. Um, I just, one year, got uh, got tired of it. So I advised, uh, I advised one of our clients to actually turn their booth into an ice cream stand. So <clears throat> instead of having a typical conference booth, we had a full-on ice cream stand with the, the whole uh, sort of design of the booth was ice creams and we had a huge ice cream cart and people serving ice creams and uh, the sort of sales message was buried somewhere in the booth in the ice cream stand but it certainly stood out we've got a lot more traffic than that client had ever gotten there at their booth and while people were getting their scoops of ice creams and putting their toppings on the sales team were there and delivered the message and uh, <laughs> so no, I was just saying, that was Mickey. I was just saying that's really smart. Pump them full of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was part desperation, part uh, creative process. I think it was just like, we can't, we can't do another booth, another year looking like everybody else. We've, we've just, we've got to do something different. So, um, yeah. Now people associate yeah, that, that brand with, with ice cream, which is usually a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Is there a typical path to follow or did you guys, I mean, how did you guys get into it? Um, I mean, I think for me, I, I was just always creative. Like, and so it was just a, a natural space for me to be in. I was always, you know, even as a kid, I was always creating videos and pretending, you know, talk shows are really big back then. And, and so we'd get a camera out and pretend that we were on a talk show. And, and I was just, was always, again, always like creating always creating it was something that just was fun for me so um that's really how i got into into marketing it's just you know and i was in the music industry for a while um a long time ago and um that's how i was able to learn how to use digital and social media before it was called social media to network and um and build up really a fan base and customer so nice i think um I think I went through a series of uh, sort of learning curves in terms of what I'm not good at and what I don't enjoy doing, which has kind of got me to the point that I'm at now, which is something that I love doing. Um, and I think, I, think, I think as you kind of progress through your career, you kind of take these turns and you think that, you know, I, I spent the last six years or, you know, I wasted those years or, you know, I, I went in the wrong direction. But I personally think that, you know, the, the, the sort of curves and the direction that I've taken has helped me identify the things that 
I'm not good at and the things where my strengths are, which has kind of allowed me to get to the point where I am now. You know, I, I feel like I'm using all of my my skills and my ability that I've kind of refined by bumping my head over the last however long I've been working for and that's kind of got me to where I am now and I, I actually have a lot of job satisfaction. I love what I do. I think I, I bring a lot, you know, to my work because I, I actually, you know, I do the things that I'm naturally better at and that I, I enjoy doing so I, I bring more value. So I think it's it's been an interesting kind of journey for me to get to this point, but I'm I'm quite excited about where I am and the people that I'm working with. Yeah, and I think anybody who's looking to get into marketing, I think there's one side of it. Is you, you, you either are creative or you're not, right? So mm. I think if you're you know not creative, I don't know if marketing is the best place, but I mean it could be. But you know I would tend to think that if you're a creative person, that marketing you know would make sense. But I think. Another part, the best marketers I've seen have been able to do both. So they're creative as well as understanding the business side. So the numbers, the strategy, um, objectives, you know, setting goals, and just understanding how to kind of tie it all together. And then also, even marketers who know that they're not the most creative person in the room. So stepping aside, and if someone that you're working with, whether it's an agency or or someone in your office that, you know, being open to um, others' ideas and, you know, kind of knowing that you're not the smartest in the room or the most creative. So um, I think that's key because some people can get in their own way for sure. Gotcha. Do either of you have any mentors or advisors that you feel really helped you develop in your career and learn what you were and weren't good at and get you to this point. Absolutely. Yeah. I have several and I have several mentors for different things that I feel like I need to develop. Um, so like I've, I've, you know, one that's really my business mentor. And so he helps me kind of think more, more of that side of things. And then I've got my creative as well. And then, you know, I've really kind of got a few that I, I go to for certain things that are, always there um, to kind of guide me through, you know, throughout my career, which has been great. I, I'm, did, I'm you, did, did you ask these people, hey, do you could like knock them on the shoulder? Hey, can you be my mentor? Or how did, how did you how do you develop a mentor mentee relationship? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of different ways. So like there's certain organizations that put it together for you. Like ICSC had a program for that. So I never did it that official. I just, you know, made friends and, and I always gave to them before they gave to me. Mm. So I would be like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? And then eventually it started to reverse. And so they started, you know, helping me. So, and I also surround myself by like with really smart people. Like I, I'm, I am intrigued by really successful people who work hard and, and also who are really good people. I would definitely say none of my mentors are are shady people, which is great. <laughs> but um, you, like you, so, you, you offered them a service. You were like, well, how, what can I do to help I them? Did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, let me help you be better and let me, cause I, you know, I, I have something to bring to the table. And like I said, like everybody's got their weaknesses and their strengths and we're all so different. So when I can help somebody out, I, you know, I do that, um, not expecting anything in return. And I've just been really lucky to, um, you know, kind of have these people in my life 
mentor me. You know, so it's been great. Awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. How about you, Mark? Any mentors or you down the line? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do. So I think my, my father has always been a, a very strong sort of role model for me. He's he's had his own business for as long as I can remember, um, and he's always encouraged me to kind of uh, keep that entrepreneurial spark alive and and pursue my my own sort of um, ideas and thoughts. And he's he's my mother and my father have always been very encouraging of that and always pushed me and given me that support. And I think having somebody that's that close to you and seeing the, the ups and the downs of, of that journey um, definitely helps you uh, kind of prepare yourself for, for that. And then I think, you know, I've got, I've got three kids, three boys, uh, three, five and nine. And I think they, they certainly, uh, I, I try and learn a lot from them in terms of just sort of grounding myself and remembering why I'm doing all of this and trying to just sort of in, enjoy the, the process and not, not get too caught up in the detail. And, uh, they definitely help me do that. So. In a weird way, I think my three boys are definitely mentors to me as well. Give you perspective. Yeah. yeah. I also should mention my, my, I my, have my... I have three boys as well. So. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I have one boy. That's a lot. Three. Come, three come on, Chris. Up, up your game, Chris. Come on. You're better than that. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. I have time. For, I don't know. I have time to record this podcast. <laughs> uh, I just have I the one dog. I just have a dog named yeah. Genghis Cohen. No, no kids Aww. yet. <laughs> I have the I have the coolest last name, and she has the coolest name for a dog. So, yes, seriously, Genghis Cohen. Yeah. Uh, any books that you guys recommend? Yeah, Contagious by Jonah Berger. It's um, it's one of my favorites, and it's uh, highly recommended. It's uh, he talks about the different uh, sort of elements that help campaigns and uh, uh, sort of marketing efforts gain traction and become sticky and and why they work uh, and it's it's a brilliant read and it's definitely a book that I refer back to often for ideas and uh, uh, and sort of thoughts so check it out and um, oh. Oh. I am actually writing a book it's it's actually done. Oh, really? Um, yes, it's cool. called. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a guide to building your uh, personal brand. So um, I co-wrote it with uh, one of my really good friends, Dahlia Strom, and so that's coming out sometime in 2019. So which is really exciting. So not to be too self-promotional, but <laughs> as much no, time as I put in, that's the it. book I'm going to recommend. And uh, Mark, moving forward, if you just recommend my book, please. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys are not on the same page. Sorry. We're not on the same sorry page about that. about that. No, <laughs> well, it's not available yet. So, <laughs> I mean, contagious is good, but corn. Yeah, I know, right? Jeez. Well, I can't. What's the name of your book? A guide to. It's going to be called. Yeah, it's going to be called Selfish: The Guide to Building Your Own Brand. So it's really nice. the whole the whole focus. Dolly and I've always spent so much time building other people's brands that we really forgot our own personal brand, and that's something that you have to think mm. about from the beginning, which Chris, you're all about that. You have your own podcast and you've got your newsletter and you're, you're the walking poster child like for this book. It's own, his own entity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to, you have to own your own personal brand. Yeah. I'm just a, I'm just, I'm just it's like Oz. I'm just like the, the little guy behind the curtain. 
<laughs> what advice would you give to your, your younger self? Like, you know, 18 year old self or whatever. Um, if you had a chance to go back and, and talk to your, yourself. Um, go into commercial real estate. I would have gone into retail. I would have gone right into commercial real estate first. So ahead, I think something that I've learned as I've got older and the gray hair has uh, sort of come out is that that feeling in my stomach that I used to be very scared of and didn't trust when I was younger is, is something that I actually now trust very much. And it, it sort of guides me in a lot of the difficult decisions that I make. So I think if I was speaking to my younger self, I would definitely tell that person to trust their gut and listen to that scary sort of yeah. voice inside because it's normally right. And, uh, yeah. 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 That's really great because you're right. Because when you are younger, you know, I remember being on a private jet with, you know, the folks at Saxon Avenue and just being so quiet and, and feeling I had so much to offer, but just didn't feel like I could speak up in certain situations, if that makes sense. So I think that's great advice, Mark, is to just trust your gut and, and go for it. Yeah. Fear, fear holds us back. Yes. Yeah. I also would have done more investing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I would have bought uh, Apple, Amazon. Yeah. I would have said buy oh, yeah. Tesla stock right when it came out. <laughs> Google. Would have bet on the right score in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Like in, uh, in, in the Back to the Future. Yeah. When he gives them right. the, uh, the guide to the, all the sports betting. The, al the almanac. <laughs> yes, the almanac. Yeah. That's what I was. I'm sure that's the answer you were looking for, but that's what I was. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that was the right answer, guys. Come on, trust your gut. What's that? Um, <laughs> now, okay. So this is uh, we're recruiters. So what do you look for in when you hire someone? Someone I like to work with. That's like positive, no negative Nancys. I feel like a lot of people can do the job, but the person is probably the most important because one person can completely ruin a company it really really can if you have if you have yeah. that negative negativity so i would say like someone who you know assuming they can do the job someone who's just really great to work with and is like all of us we'll just roll up our sleeves and and get the job done no matter what it takes someone who really cares so yeah yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I I think when we go through the interview process on the side, it's if that spark is, if that connection is there and that click is there, it's you, you get it straight away. If you're on the same wavelength, I think the, the technical ability and the experience, it's, it's obviously a benefit, but I think that stuff you can learn and you can pick up and you can, you know, the, if you, if you, come into the business with the right attitude and the right enthusiasm and the right sort of excitement levels will make it work. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, we typically, our clients ask us for, you know, very specific things, but yeah, I mean, so you got to have the people that kind of check all the, the boxes on, on like the quote unquote job description. So they need the hard skill set, but then it comes down to culture. It's just a cultural fit. So, yeah. um, but as far as like hiring people that work with us, like entry level people, mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of it's just enthusiasm. 
Um, you got to mm. have a you know decent head on your shoulders, but it's got to be enthusiasm and ability to work hard and do this. The people that really advance in our industry are the ones who like do the do the dirty work without having to be told to do it, right? So they're, they're kind of doing the job before they they're doing the the responsibilities before they get the title. I think that's for yeah. every every yeah. You know. I think inquisitiveness is also important for any job because if you don't ask questions from your colleagues or your clients and then you won't learn. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Not being, being, not being afraid to be, uh, being vulnerable, you know, (laughs) admitting you don't know anything, don't know, don't know it. Right. Right. And that was always, that was a big, that was a big fear of mine in early in my career. I was always afraid. I was always afraid that I was like, I wanted to show, feel like I knew everything you know I was afraid to show that I didn't know something and so I think that really helped me back yeah that's that's true I think because you just you don't want to show that vulnerable side and but there is there are some people out there that will eat you alive if you show that vulnerable side I mean that's the real that's the real deal right so I think it just depends on what type of company you're working with and what the culture is mm-hmm. um because yeah. there we say there's there's no such thing as stupid questions, but you know, in in the real world, some people think that that's a stupid question, unfortunately. But I think yeah. that's why it's important. That's why it's important, especially being a younger person trying to find the company you're looking for. That you, you know, obviously you need a job, but eventually getting to that company that has the culture that that you feel like you belong in. One of my friends just interviewed for a job at a company, and they had a no a hole policy. And oh, really? it was like a legit, it was a legit policy that you could not be a jerk and like it was that. well known. So, I mean, that's a strong statement from a company, right? And yeah. I remember the person that was interviewing them said, everybody was so nice, but they were so successful, like so successful, really, truly amazing um, work that they were producing. And um, I just thought that was really interesting, you know, and, and that really, that's really a statement to make, saying we don't want, we don't want anybody. Who I think is. that, I think that extends to the, the 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 people. I mean, it's it's the people within atypical and it's the organization, but I think it extends to the people that we work with as well. That you know, we we want to work with people who enjoy working with us because we're nice people. We 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 you know we. We work hard, but we have a lot of fun. We bring a lot of energy and we want to work with people who share that. And, you know, I think we, we, we want to be a little bit selective about the people that we work with. And we're not just here to kind of, you know, it's, it's not just about the money. It's about the process and about having fun and working with the cool people and, you know, enjoying the time that we're doing and being enthusiastic about the work that we're doing and achieving those goals together. So I think it, it does extend to the clients that we work with as well. Right. And when you have that recipe, um, what Mark was talking about, that's when the work is truly incredible. Like next level. So, yeah. Which is why it's so important. I think that's very good advice about vetting clients, not just vetting employees or vetting vendors, but on the vendor side, vetting your clients. Cause I mean, it's very hard when I was young, started off at the background group, I wanted to take on any client, you know, because I was new and didn't have clients yet. But when you get a little bit more experience, you realize, you know, no, you have to give me these things or you can't be my client because I won't be able to deliver the results that I like to deliver. Right. And it's, it's definitely a different when you have to pitch it like that, when you are able and have the courage to pitch it like that. 
Yeah. Because you only which have is, a, certain, is, a certain amount of time, time in the day, so you can't just do everything, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, so yeah, this has been great. What's, how do people get a hold of you now? What's, what's the, is there going to be a new rebranding, new website, or what's, what's going on? Yeah, no, so uh, everything is going to be rebranded under the Atypical brand. Um, so atypicalcompany.com is the, is the website address to go and get all the details. You can obviously get hold of Sarah or I directly, uh, mark at atypicalcompany.com or sarah at atypicalcompany.com. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having exciting conversations. Awesome. So is it Atypical Company or is it? A typical company. It's atypical. It's atypicalcompany.com. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, it's been great getting to know you over the last year or so, and you've been a, a great partner with us. And, and Mark, thanks for the time. Great getting to know you as well. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, the Chris. And, uh, yeah, wish you guys the best of luck and would uh, look forward to seeing how uh, atypical grows. Thank, thank you, you very much, thank Chris. You. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the TBG Real Estate Podcast. Please visit us online at tbg-realestate.com or on Instagram at tbg.realestate. Until next time, have a great week.